Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. NFL Week 3 preview. Crazy. It's already Week 3. I swear, every year we do this podcast, it seems like the season goes faster and faster. But honestly, I think this podcast helps us just get juiced up for the week. It's at a great time. Wednesday night down here in the Cape. Johnny Blaine joined me from Kansas City, Missouri, where the Kansas City Chiefs will host the Chicago Bears this weekend. We'll talk about that game here in just a second with a special guest, and we'll talk about the NFL Week 3 preview. But first, let's hear from the boys. After the recap show on Monday, we aired the grievances. I think we're all pretty feeling pretty positive. I was a little down in the dumps, and and, and then this, this morning, actually, I thought I was going to have to do this podcast a little under the weather but I seem to have uh, fought it off. I continue to carry the boats. I'm doing great. Blaine, we'll start with you. Blaine, how we doing, buddy? Happy late birthday, Chandler. Chandler, 27 years old, correct? So, yep, thank you. Yes, birthday, birthday was you. yesterday. Yep. So this is where you learn a lot about some teams. Week one and two, you're, you know, you're still trying to figure shit out. You're kind of guessing on week two. Week one, you, you can beat the book or whatever it may be, but week three, you know enough to get shit right. And this right. is where you listen to the pod. We're going to have some good stuff for you throughout it. And um, obviously Chiefs talk, Bears talk, we'll get into that. But this is probably where I start to get real comfortable and excited with football because you they've shown enough for you to be able to to uh, know where to go. A lot of teams 0-2, some surprise 0-2 teams. Johnny had a nice little stat. I'll let him say it um, about teams that go start 0-3. I think that they missed the playoffs quite a bit. Johnny, how are you doing, buddy? Doing fantastic, guys. I was so bummed that I missed this pod last week. This is, I mean, this is like my favorite point in the midweek I, of, of the week, I guess, before we get to football. So uh, this podcast is so much fun, and I enjoy sharing some of the news that I come across throughout the first few days of the week to the listeners. Um, it, it, it gives you a good feel for fantasy football, just matchups, betting, everything. Um, and I'll toot my own horn a little bit here. Um, texted in the group chat since I wasn't on the pod last week, my picks, um, I was 13 and three last week, which is Nails. absolutely ridiculous. Um, wow. which is just, I've never done that before. Um, but had some good feels last week and hopefully, yeah, actually, you know, that means this week I'll be three and 13. So, uh, maybe, maybe give me one more week to really get my feet underneath me, Blaine, before trusting me fully. Right. No, I, I said it at the open of the podcast that like week one and two are guesses because, I mean, that's kind of false. You know, it's not good. If you're good, you're good. I said that because I think I went like two and 11. So, you know, we got a new, we got a new slate. So we're good. Yeah. Water under the bridge. The, uh, the, the, the stat Chandler that I sent, sent earlier, uh, I, I stole from a Kansas city radio host who will remain nameless because I'm not the biggest fan, but it was a good stat um, is that, since 2002, teams that have started 0-3, there's only one that has made the playoffs. And keep in mind, the last few years, right, there's been another game. Like, the majority of that sample size is with a 16-game season, not a 17-game season. My thought is with one extra game, you might not have such a drastic um, uh, differential there. But, yeah, that was the stat. Ah, those pugs are acting up over there, Johnny. They're fired up to welcome in the 0-2 Bears. To Kansas They're about to go on the grill. <laughs> the Chiefs, the one and one Chiefs will host the Chicago Bears 0-2. Um, we'll talk about all that, but let's go ahead and let's get into the week one slates. 
Let's do it, boys. Okay, let's get into the week one slate, and we're starting no further than Thursday Night Football when the New York Giants, who stayed out west after their week two win, the Chandler Collins Giants pick up a big win over the Arizona Cardinals. They stay out west and will travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, who many, and I think most of us on this podcast would agree, could be the best team in football through two weeks. Um, this We'll start with the Niners. They're a little bit easier. I mean, outside of Brock Purdy missing some downfield throws last week against L.A., this Niners team is really dialed in, guys. Um, we talk about them. We talked about them last week. Me and Blaine did. All three levels of that defense are nasty. Obviously, Bosa up front, but their interior D-line is disgusting. Um, the Giants will not have Saquon. Um, and then you have Fred Warner and then Charvarius Ward and those guys in the back end. Like, it's, it's a stacked defense, and I – as much as I have been praising the New York football giants coming into the season and continue to be on their side because I have to be, I don't see how or what they're going to be able to do against this Niners team. This Niners team has awesome offensive weapons. They not only have to worry about shutting down Christian McCaffrey, but it seems like Brandon Ayuk has taken a huge step in this, in this season. I know he's always been on the team, but it, it's never really seemed like he's been like that prominent of a threat, even though like I'm not saying he hasn't been good, but man, he really seems to be coming into form here uh, through the two weeks. Blaine, we'll start with you. I think this is a pretty easy easy game to dissect, really. It's, it's Niners minus 10 on a short week, no Saquon. This has the feelings of a rout. Yeah, it does. I mean, if the Giants don't pull something out of their ass that second half against the Cardinals, we're talking about them that this is, I mean, not even close. But there was a pulse from Daniel Jones. There was a pulse from that offense. The problem with it, I mean, they were giving up a ton of points. 16 nothing in the first three halves of football they played this year. Yeah. And what was the score at halftime? I think Josh Dobbs put up 24 on them in the first half. Like, what? Yeah. How is that possible? Well, they have zero interceptions, forced zero turnovers, and zero sacks defensively so far this year. That is that is brutal. And if you're gonna get if you're not gonna turn San Francisco over, you're gonna let them go drive to drive with you, you're gonna get beat. Um, yeah, I, I, I a 10 is just a ton, but I'm gonna take it. I think San Francisco has the ability to roll. Yeah, I think I'm going to take San Francisco as well. Good stat here. Since 2005, double-digit dogs are 12-21 and 21 against the spread on Thursdays. Um, the worst news is not that Saquon Barkley is obviously out. It's that left tackle Andrew Thomas is out. Holy shit. That's going to be a nightmare for, for, for New York. You were mentioning, Chandler, all the players on that defense. It is stupid that they added Javon Hargrave to that defense as well. He is ridiculous. Um, I think the only, like, maybe down news, right, is – did you men you mentioned Ayuk, that he's a game-time decision? Like, I, I did not mention that. Okay, yeah, he's a game-time decision. He was limited, limited uh, on Tuesday. And so we've talked a lot um, – on this podcast over the the years about how it's kind of hard to bet double digit favorites. I don't think it's that hard here. I, I, I want to bet San Francisco with the 10 here and um, I'm, I'm going to do so. I think that 
I, yeah, I think that the, the Giants are really lucky that that was Arizona last week that they, you know, that Arizona couldn't move the football in the second half. The Giants like didn't score for the first six quarters of the season or something like that. Like it, it was a pretty rough start for the Giants. And then to lose Saquon after all the offseason stuff, Andrew Thomas, of course, is an all all pro caliber left tackle. It's just this has the makings of of slaughter, in my opinion, guys. I mean, it, it really it really feels like that. One one other thing too, actually, now that I'm I'm, I'm word vomiting here, I still think Purdy stinks. I said that San Francisco, that was one of my big flag plants. It's still early. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I, I had San Francisco missing the playoffs. Very, very bold. Um, but even when you watch, I just feel like when I watch the games yet, Purdy looks poised. Um, he's on time. He's exactly what Shanahan's asking from him. Just don't think he's asking a whole lot. Like, I just think that, I just think Purdy maybe kind of stinks. But I also could be an idiot because we've seen what, the Iowa State program has turned into since he left. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Um, they're horrible. They lost to Ohio last week at Ohio. Shout out to the Mac on that one. NFL Sunday slate kicks off at noon. The Tennessee Titans travel to the Cleveland Browns. Browns favored by three. Um, this is going to be a defensive slugfest. It really is. I think the score could literally be 10 to seven. Um from what I saw from Cleveland on Monday night football, uh, very brutal start. Um, they just can't move the football. Deshaun is not playing well. You lose Chubb to a gruesome, disgusting injury that we won't talk about in, in length. But that's a huge loss for them. They did sign Cream Punt today, which I think could be pretty interesting to see how they use him. I mean, he's going to be their their first down back. Um but you know what? As much crap as we've talked on this Titans team, they know their identity and they know how to muck games up. And I think that this D-line, the Steelers just got after Deshaun all night on Monday Night Football. What makes you think that the Titans aren't going to be able to do the same thing considering they've done that through two weeks and they're one and one and they had a chance to win their opening game too against the Saints. So I think that on the road here, I think the Titans are one of those teams that travels really well. Their style is going to be able to play no matter where they're playing. I think you're going to get a lot of Derrick Henry here, and you're going to just try to, to 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 beat up Cleveland and make Tannehill's life a lot easier. Now, on the flip side, Cleveland's defense is still there. Cleveland's defense is still really good, in my opinion. They looked really good on Monday night. I thought I know they gave up 26 points, but they actually really didn't, given the pick six on the first play of the game mind you. So that's always tough to overcome. Um, and you knew that Pittsburgh was going to be fired up to play them at home, especially. So guys, I think I'm going to go Titans plus three here. I didn't announce. I'm, I am going to go with the Niners minus 10 on the last, on the last uh, one, if whoever's keeping track. Um, so I'm going to go Titans plus three here. And I think the Titans, I, I think they could flat out win this game, Johnny. This is almost it's borderline painful for me to say this based off of my comments on the Titans the last couple of years, but guys are, are, are these the Johnny Rowe Titans two and zero against the spread two and zero against the spread to start the season. Um, an outright win last week, right? Last week was against the chargers. God, how pathetic are, are the chargers? That's, that's a whole different story. We'll get to that. But um, as you mentioned to start Chandler, I, I completely uh, agree with you. This is 
the Titans love this spot. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, this, I joked earlier um, with, or I, I joked later in the podcast, you'll, you, you'll all hear this when we talked to um, Noah, our Bears fan. Um, we did some score predictions, and I was just joking around saying that the Chiefs win three to two. The Titans would love a three two victory in this <laughs> yeah. spot. That would be like Christmas for them. Um, I, I, on the Cleveland side, it, it's not great there, right? Blaine, I want you to talk about the Browns because you had a little bit of a differing opinion than me. And it, again, it's still early, but uh, guys, I just think Deshaun stinks. He's weird. He's a, he's just a weirdo. He kind of like pushed a ref, but didn't push a ref. He was bad. If you want to, if you want to give maybe a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to Deshaun, both games have not been ideal weather conditions. Weather looks good in Cleveland for this weekend uh, for, for for this matchup, but you know my lean is also on the Johnny Road Titans here. Blaine, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, it's weird. This game's just weird. I mean, it's thirty nine and a half is the total. That's like nineteen point seven five points a game. I think if I'm doing quick math right, right? It's like how how in the hell. Are you going to take the under? Like, I think I'm still going to do it because these two defenses just pound each other and they're going to pound each other. Neither Bonk. one, ha- nice. Bonk. Neither one really has. I mean, Tannehill, guys, he came out alive last week, obviously, because the Chargers defense is that bad. We'll get to that here in a little bit when we talk Chargers. But I, he threw three picks against the Saints in week one. It, nothing's telling me that that's not going to happen again against this Cleveland Browns defense. Listen to this. In two games, opposing teams have yet to run a play in Cleveland's red zone. Not one, not one cool. single play, and they've lost both games. Or they've lost, or they won the first one, obviously, but they're way too close. I mean, Deshaun has been sacked on the other side of things. What was it I sent to you guys on his 280 snaps? And Mahomes has taken like 860 snaps on, on uh, passing downs, yeah, dropbacks, right. Watson and Mahomes have been sacked the most the same amount of times in 600 snap difference. Like, how is that possible? Deshaun without a run, Deshaun without a run game. I mean, you're you're just you're not going to score because they don't have anything else to do. So, I two best defenses in the NFL going at each other with two bad offenses. Um, Two best defenses, you think? Two of the best, I think. Cleveland is better than – I think Cleveland's defense is better than Tennessee's. Cleveland has a top three defense statistically against the run and against the pass. But um, I, I guess more so, I'm just saying I'm taking the under. I, I guess I'll take Cleveland with three because I think it's going to be like a one- or two-point game. If it was 3.5, I'd hammer Cleveland because it's going to be close. But <laughs> it's just Vegas knows here. Hard to pick. Talk about a really, really fun game with a lot of what the hell is going on in this one. The Atlanta Falcons travel from their dome to another dome. They go and take on the Detroit Lions. Um, let's start with the Lions. Uh, hilarious, hilarious Lions um, this past week. Just goes to show that they're the same old Lions. They were talking. Taylor came on here and talked about how it was like they won the Super Bowl. Well, when you look, when you step back and you really look at it, they won in week one. And this team led by Dan Campbell, the glorified camp counselor, as Johnny has so eloquently uh, titled him, were unable to handle the noise, the uh, expectations for coming to Kansas City and beating the Super Bowl champions. And it showed when they lost to the Seattle Seahawks at home last week in overtime. Um, 
Now, they had some key injuries. Amun Ra was banged up, but he played the rest of the game. I don't think that you can really consider that. David Montgomery leaving the game, and he's out already this week because I have him in a fantasy league, um, which is really frustrating. He that's a That's a big loss. And these Falcons guys, they're kind of like the NFC Titans, in my opinion. Are they pretty? No. But they are going to travel. Their style travels. And they know what they want to do and how they're going to win games. And you can tell last week that there's no quit in this team. They flat out beat the Packers in the second half. The second half alone, trailing by a ton and came back and just slaughtered them in the fourth quarter. The 2-0 Falcons heading north, they've got to have a lot of confidence. They're plus three. Guys, I'm riding with the Falcons. I might take Johnny's title here and make these the Chandler Falcons because they're spicy. The uh, Bijan is is exceeding expectations, in my opinion. And I say that because I was a little weary on why everybody – like, I know he was a great player at Texas. I'm not saying that. Great running back, hell of a talent. I just figured there'd be a little bit of a learning curve and people were just talking outlandishly about him and a heavy backfield with some good, talented guys around him. But I'm through two weeks. I'm completely wrong on that. This guy is playing really well. I think this Falcons team can get after the Lions and if they can hold up defensively against a pretty potent offense, but missing some pieces and some nicks and knacks there on injuries, uh, I think the Falcons can keep this within the number, Blaine. Yeah, it opened three and a half and i think it's now down to three it'll probably maybe go down more just because i think a lot of people are agreeing with you but something something in my back of my mind is like this could be a jameer gibbs breakout game that when montgomery down off what do you think he got carted off yeah. they might just they might unleash him and i know if, if monroe doesn't play it'll be worrisome but josh reynolds has been good laporte has been pretty good and they've had pieces that have played pretty well and i think detroit's offense is going to be fine they're going to find a way to do it ben johnson at the helm he always has so Yes, I know Atlanta's defense is legit, but more so, I just think Detroit is not going to lose this game. I think that they they last week was kind of a smack in the mouth after beating the Chiefs. They needed that humbling um, experience. And Atlanta two and zero. Atlanta is not a three and zero football team. I know they played really well. I know Bijan is really good. You made some great points, Chandler. But I just think ultimately, when I'm looking back back at this, I take away the line. Who's the better football team? Now, injuries and all that you can try to play into. I'm just not going to go to that much of a, a point because I don't think Desmond Ritter in Detroit is going to be as good as he is at home. And I think that the Detroit Lions are going to just not handle them, but just be more comfortable and win a game they should win, go 2-1. and one. That's actually a great point before Johnny goes here. The Falcons did start the year both games at home. That does make a yep. difference for a team that's learning, the team that's pretty young. Um, and another point to make – Detroit offensive line banged up. Taylor Decker did not play last week. Um, they had to do some shuffling around. That's a that's a big issue, I think, in Detroit. Johnny? I'm with Blaine on this one uh, with the Lions. Um, in a battle of two teams that their home stadiums, their domes, Atlanta and Detroit, both look really dark on TV. I don't know if you guys ever have noticed that, but um, – Two teams, kind of candy-ass uniforms, like two teams maybe I think similarly um, of like history-wise. And uh, I, I, I just think the Lions are a better team, although they have a lengthy uh, injury report uh, that I can't pronounce his first name, but Vitae didn't practice today, Amon Ra, right? Uh, we saw C.J. Gardner-Johnson as like a torn pack or something like that. Taylor Decker, no practice. We, we, we've, we've seen all these injuries 
I just am still on team Desmond Ritter stinks. And um, while it's been a good start for the Falcons, they were dead in the water against the Packers and the Packers gave the game away. Um, I think it was like 24 to 12 or something like that, or 13 and late in the game. And and the Packers just couldn't move the football and um, the, the, the Falcons ended up winning that game. So um, I think, although I do like you picking the Falcons as like your team, the, uh, the, the Atlanta Glendale Chandler Collins Falcons. <laughs> I think that would I think that would be a good one for you to to ride here, Chandler. And I think you know I, I'm not really gonna poo poo you betting them with the with the points here, but yeah. um, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with the home the home favorite here. So I'll take what is it? That's three, right? I'll take the Lions. You got it at three. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great, great football game. Sorry, but great football game. Really, I'm very have- curious if they. If they do like unleash Jameer Gibbs, it just feels like they don't want to do that. It feels like an Alvin Kamara type play. Like it feels like they're just like they have a guy. What's his name? Craig Reynolds is one of their backups. Which yeah. Craig Reynolds? Who who the hell is that? Craig Reynolds. Um, but they're gonna have somebody else take these, you know, take some of the workload off of Jameer Gibbs. Like I don't see a thirty touch game for Jameer Gibbs coming but if it does he'd be a good guy to have in fantasy great point johnny i do have uh falcons in my blood and uh that's a that's a, honestly a great point i haven't even thought about that the miami dolphins the 2-0 and miami dolphins got a big win on sunday night football against the new england patriots in foxborough host the putrid denver broncos um in a in a battle that i think that is really well set up for miami to go three and oh this denver team is is their defense actually good? I don't think it is, guys, because the commanders flat out got after their ass in the second half. And while I understand that Russell's not making things easier on this defense, that's no excuse for the Sam Howell commanders to come all the way back and win that game. And really, I think it's even better that that Hail Mary was completed and they didn't get the two-point conversion. I think that is just so freaking hilarious that it happened to Denver. Um, Russell stinks. And what's crazy is that me and Blaine were texting in the group on Sunday, and he looked good in the first half. I don't know what happened. Um, he, players were open downfield. He was throwing the ball down the field, kind of Seattle Rusk, or excuse me, Seattle Rusk-esque. But it fell apart in an fast way. Jerry Judy made his season debut. He was really not involved that well. Um, one bright spot for Denver, I thought Marvin Mims had a really good day. Um, you know, young receiver from Oklahoma. But, like, they're not running the ball well. They're, they went against a good commander's defense, and it showed in the second half. And they're walking into Miami, and it's a it, Miami is playing just as good as anybody in the NFL right now, in my opinion. They have a really good defense, in my opinion, um, and they can get after the passer, and they make life pretty miserable for opposing offenses. Um, now, a little pushback there, play a little devil's advocate. At times, Mac Jones is moving the ball pretty well against this defense. It was kind of a weird game Sunday night and a weird spot decision at the end of the game in that one, if you guys have seen that where they lateraled it back to Cole Strange, their offensive lineman, and he appeared to get the first down, but they reviewed it and he didn't. Um, 
but I don't know that Denver can go down there and and win this game. I love Miami minus six and a half. I'm going to take that for the pod. Um, Tua, I mean, he knows where his weapons are at. He knows how to get the ball to him, and it's no secret, especially for Chiefs fans, that Tyree Kill is a dog, and he's playing really well, as much as we hate to admit that. So I think this could be a slaughter down in South Beach. Uh, Blaine. He's back at it. I think, well, whatever. But I don't know, man. I don't know. And Johnny, I'm not going to try to piss you off, but I'm just my, the Miami Dolphins are not a top two team in the league. I've I've heard too much of it too early, too fast. They started the year last year three now, and then skid. Didn't even didn't even two has just inflated in my opinion. He's only been hit four times this season, the second fewest in the NFL behind Baker Mayfield. Miami has leads, leads the league in yards per play, just big play, big play after big play. If you listen to the podcast last week, they had to convert, I think, eight third and longs to score on five of their drives against the Chargers, Like it's which they do it at a great rate. But if you're going to give me Sean Payton and this Denver defense who has a good secondary and a good back half, like, just get them to the red zone. They're not efficient in the red zone. I think they score on 61% of um, uh, drives in the red zone, which is fine, but it's not. I mean, it's a big play team. Miami has been able to do that. The second half, they did not look good against New England. New England should have won that football game. I would argue that Los Angeles should have won that football game in week one against Miami. I mean, they're just there's something there that I don't like about them. And if you're able to limit to uh, to do something he hasn't, been, hasn't had to do the first two weeks, then I think they're beatable. Now, I don't think Denver's going to win this game. Denver going out west. It's been raining in Miami all week. It's going to be like 95 to 100 degrees and humid and sticky, and you're going to you're gonna put Russell Wilson in that atmosphere in a hot mess. Um, yeah, he's going to sweat it down his leg, and he's, gonna, he's, he's, he's not going to play that well. But I think Denver's defense has a chance. If this stays, what, what line did you have here? I have six and a half. I've got have? six and a half. Okay, yeah, if it stays at six and a half, I like it. I, I really like to take Denver here, and I, I hate it, but I like it. I just think Miami's inflated, guys. Quick geography lesson for the listeners and possibly Blaine here. East, headed east. Denver's going yes, west. Yeah. They will have a tough time getting to Miami. They might arrive in China before they get to Miami. So make a, make a they'll trip be going the east to South Beach. Johnny, what do you got for me? Oh, uh, gosh. Oh, that was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> Well... Blaine said he doesn't want to piss me off. I don't give a shit about Miami. Don't I just like any anything positive about Denver is in my mind ridiculous. I might be a little bit biased because I hate them with the fire of a thousand suns. Um, but what is hilarious to me is how this team is 0-2, how much it's obvious Sean Payton cannot stand Russell Wilson, and how much Russell Wilson stinks. And he's been better than last year. That's because of Sean Payton. The reason that he was doing well, and you guys thought, you know, maybe if you were watching Red Zone, you might think he was doing well, um, was because they hit some shot plays and it was some scripted stuff. Dude is, I looked in at the end of the third quarter, he was 6 of 12 passing. They're hiding him. <coughs> Excuse me. They're hiding him, and it's obvious. And I think that this team's, you know, Going to a Miami team that's just like I, – I, I don't know if they're going to slaughter them, but I think they're going to cover the six-and-a-half guys. And, you know, there there, there are some narratives here too. Um, Teron Armstead was a limited participant today, which is good news for them. But on the Denver side, 
Frank Clark is DNP again. He didn't uh-huh. play last week. Justin Simmons, DNP. Garrett Bowles yeah. popped up with a with a limited participation. It's a Bradley Chubb revenge game. Keep in mind, he was traded from Denver to Miami last season. Um, if memory serves, Tyree Kill's done pretty damn good against everybody, but against Denver in his career, we saw him go off against them a lot. And so I, I like, what is Denver going to have to do to beat Miami? They're going to have to get after Tua and Pound Miami, the rock. Miami knows that they can't put Tua in those positions and they, they, they have it. And that's with Armstead not playing. He's getting the ball out quick. And I'm, I'm no to a stand or anything, but I think that they're a very well-coached team offensively. And with Armstead not playing, two has only been sacked once. You know, on the flip side, Russ has been sacked nine times. And I might be a week too early on this, but I just really, I mean, Dolphins have the Bills next week. They get a, I mean, Vegas knows something here. This game should not be six and a half. In a power ranking standpoint, this should be over eight, a, a two score spread game. It really should. Vegas thinks that Denver has a has a good chance to cover and and keep it a one score game. One final point I'll make on the game: Bradley Chubb revenge game. Denver coming to Miami. He's going to want to be. He's going to get to get all over that franchise, isn't he? No, you stole that from me. I already Johnny just I said coughing. it. I was coughing, <laughs> hacking up a lung over here. I'm 29 years old, going on 79 years old. But a couple of things I wanted to say because I was I was dying there for a second. It's just hilarious that Denver is 0-2 after starting the year with Sean Payton at home versus Sam Howell and Jimmy Garoppolo, and they fucking blow those games. They start the season with. Uh, a, a an onside kick and they don't fucking get it. They have a Hail Mary last week to bring them back into the game. And then, like you said, Chandler, it was hilarious to see them fail the two-point conversion. Uh, I, I think that now Denver's going to play a very well-coached team with a quarterback that's the best quarterback they've played so far. I think this is a spot for Denver to get uh, to get beat here, for them to be 0-3. And like I said earlier in the offseason, we are trending, and Nick. I saw Nick Wright stole this from me too. We are trending in the direction of Jared Stidham being the quarterback for the Broncos. I, I'm just, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm like a broken record. But Miami gave up 280 yards rushing to the Chargers to Austin Eckler. That I mean, you're just looking over that and saying that this defense is good, and then they Mac Jones looked decent against this defense. I don't care if it's Russ or what it is. The Broncos got weapons. Russ threw some deep balls to Mims. They have some chances to throw the ball down the field and score. I, Miami just has holes that I don't think everybody's just looking over because Tyreek is a god. That, I'm sorry. Denver Maybe I'm too early. To, Denver has to, you know, the first week it was a yeah. mess. They scored right. 16 points against a terrible Raiders defense. Against a pretty good commander's defense, they put up 33. Of course, six of that was on the Hail Mary. But it was 21 to three at one point in that game. And it was just these well designed, scripted first 15 to 20 plays of the game. When the yeah. game goes in the balance, that's where we see Russ flat out stinks. Horrible interception, horrible fumble, lack of execution, no pocket awareness. Like Miami's not as good as the media is making them out to be. But they went, they're they 2-0 starting on the road, and they've got Denver, Giants, Carolina at home the next three weeks. Like, this is a team that 
is going to win a lot of football games. And it's going to be hot. And that's, I think, I forget the record of teams going, I said going west, but obviously going east is what I meant. But it's like something substantial when teams go to Miami whenever it's early in the year, just because the sun just shines on that away away sideline. And it's a, it's a legit factor there. So Russ late, that may be a good point, Johnny. Russ late may be bad. He's going to have sweat in his eyes. <laughs> Johnny alluded to him. Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders welcome in the Hell Bills to Ral John, Maryland for a 12 noon kickoff. Washington plus six and a half. The Commanders, a surprising 2 0 team to start the year, face the 1 1 Bills. Um, say what you want about the Commanders, but they, they seem to have a decent identity, honestly. Um, uh, Brian Robinson had a hell of a week last week against Denver. Um, they obviously want to utilize him a ton. And against this Buffalo defense, Brees Hall was running all over this team. Now, I think you throw away the Raiders game because I think the Raiders are really bad and they're lucky to be one and one. And if Buffalo didn't do what they did against the Raiders, I think there'd be a much, much, much bigger question than what we have at this current state of the season. But when you look at what Buffalo did against the Jets, another good defense, and they're going to have one on their plate this week, it was not pretty. Josh Allen did not play well. The Jets got after Josh Allen. They harassed Josh Allen, and there's nothing that tells me that the Washington Commanders can't do the same thing to Buffalo on the road, by the way. Um, it's just one of those games where I think that the rosters are – like weirdly level. We talked about all the time how we love this commander's receiving core. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, they're good, good receivers. On the other side, Stephon and Gabe Davis, um, obviously good, good weapons there. And I think it's funny too, just a little side tangent here. Kincaid has done nothing for this team. What what was their plan with this guy? Dawson Knox is their starting tight end, and they thought they were going to bring in Kincaid to be Travis Kelsey. And I haven't even seen his name mentioned once this season. Um, I love this six and a half for the commanders. I think that that hell could potentially win, but I think it's going to be close. And I think you're crazy if the commanders can't win this game. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to take the commanders plus six and a half here for the, for the pod, boys. Johnny. Yeah, I think the Sam Howell stuff's very interesting. I think that uh, Blaine, you're really sharp on on that. He's impressed me. I can't get over the whole chicken fingers thing uh, with him, but other than that, you know, his throws downfield have what have been impressed to me. He had a sick touchdown pass uh, to Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's three and zero as a starter, looking to go four and zero, uh, and I think the Bills win. I think the Bills win, and they cover the spread here. I think that. I'm not going to overthink it. I I like the Bills here, um, but I did see one stat. Over the last five years, teams after playing in Denver are 24 and 10 against the spread in their next game, making them the most profitable pre profitable previous road opponent. So that's one to look at there. But I'm going to take the Bills. Yeah, this is tough for me. I mean. What's Josh Allen going to look like on the road? We already saw what he looked like on the road week one. In New York, what's he going to look like in at Washington going 2-0 and this year? The Eric Bieniemy, they believe in him. They believe in a lot of things going on there. That place is going to be fun and rocking. I, I, there's, there's a hard in-between because I know that Washington is going to score points, 
But is just Josh Allen going to turn the ball over? Yes or no? What can Washington make him? Yeah, I think he will. Maybe one or but is it once or is it four times? The Buffalo Bills are so hard to bet on the road just because you never know what you're going to get. And they're the better football team. They're all around. They get the better defense. They got the better quarterback. They got the better weapons. But they just I don't I really don't know where to go with this one. And I want to I'm going to take Washington just with the spread. I think Buffalo wins, but I think Washington six and a half is too much. It's two good football teams. I'm going to have this one on my main screen. The New England Patriots head to the New York Jets for an AFC East battle. The one and one New York Jets and the 0 and two Patriots. Uh, interesting here. The Jets are plus two and a half at home. I know it's Zach Wilson, um, but still a, a, a very interesting line in my opinion. Um, this is going to be, as we alluded to, what we thought was going to be last Sunday night, uh, and it kind of was to a degree. I think Bill Belichick makes Zach Wilson's life hell in this game. And I think that the Patriots are going to win this game. I really do. I think they're going to get in the win column this week. Um, and I think this game could be like 10 to seven or hell. I think it could be like seven to three. Um, two very good defenses. I think the Jets defense will have no issue stopping the Patriots, but I think the Patriots can do one or two things better offensively than the Jets can just because I think Zach Wilson is horrible. Um, you know, I think that if you go back and listen to some figured out podcasts, um, in the past, I was maybe a little bit more hesitant to give up on Zach Wilson than Blaine and Johnny were, but they were totally right. And I was totally wrong. I think I just need to start buying in to quit giving these quarterbacks such long leashes, um, because it's just not working out for me very well. Um, with Daniel Jones and Kenny Pickett, two names uh, of note there in that category. But I just don't see how the Jets, how they move the ball down the field with Zach Wilson against his Patriots defense, who's been playing really well through the first two weeks. The Patriots, you could argue, could have won both of their both. games. They 100%. could have easily won both of their games um, so far this season. And so I think this is a great spot for the Patriots. I think they've won like 14 in a row against the Jets or something like that. I think it's New England all the way here, Blaine. Yeah, no, and you said exactly what I was going to say. They should have won both of those games. They flat out should have won both of those games, and they're better than people think. Mac Jones has been bad. No, I saw a stat. He's like over twelve on um, an opposing drive third downs, or like an opposing opposite field third downs. So they just haven't capitalized enough whenever they have the ball in position to go score or get into the red zone. They just have stalled and they've still almost beat two of the best teams in the NFL. If Mac Jones can do something against this Jets defense, which is going to be a task, I think the Patriots win. Now that's, you said exactly what's been on the back of my mind about this whole thing though. Zach Wilson, Bill Belichick. I wish I had up a stat of they've played before probably two or three times, but what that looked like because I, I guarantee you Zach Wilson's been awful. Zach Wilson's not only awful, he's he's weird. He's a weird person. And there is just like no way the swaggy black dudes on the Jets get down with white Jet Zach Wilson. Like this this guy is if I'm a Jets fan, I like hate this guy. And they're stuck with him. And what what are they going to do? They have to they have to bring in they have to even like consider bringing in guys like Matt Ryan or Chad Henney out of retirement to fix things like this. 
I mean, before I get into mine, Blaine Chandler, like what what are the Jets gonna do here? I've seen some stuff that you think about trading for Kirk. Blaine, anything on that? Well, it'd make him a Super Bowl contending team. Oh, gee. <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do, Johnny. It's there. They had all their they had all their eggs in one basket, and unfortunately, that basket fell apart. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're sticking with Zach seriously. And after this week, they're gonna they're gonna question it again, Johnny. Before you go, I pulled up the stat. Um, he's on three versus Belichick, two touchdowns, seven interceptions, three games. Gee, <laughs> many Christmas. And then I I saw another one here the the fourteen game win streak. Over that win streak for the Patriots, they've averaged 29.3 points per game, 410 total points. The Jets, 153 at 10.9 points per game. It's been a total domination of, of the New York Jets by the by the Patriots. Add this to it as well. Uh, meteorologist Johnny Rowe reporting that there's supposed to be some weather in the Northeast over the weekend with gusts up to 50 miles per hour, sustained winds 35 plus miles per hour, um, and three to five inches of rain. So you have Belichick, you have rain, and you have weirdo Zach Wilson. Makes me want to take the Patriots all day in this position. And yeah, the Jets are, they're going to have to do something. And, and, and look, like if you trade for Kirk Cousins, who's in the, he, he's in the final year of his deal. Like, and if Minnesota wants to move on, maybe that does make a little bit of sense, but like you're going to bring old ass Kirk over here in the middle of the year. To, you know, Kirk's not the swaggiest dude either. I mean, he's kind of like, he's like a camp counselor. Like is Kirk going to go to church camp with sauce Gardner and his neck tattoos? I don't really think <laughs> so. So I think it's just all downhill right now for the jets and, I don't know if you guys talked about this last week. I can't remember, but when I was out, but um, just a side note about the Rodgers injury, we don't get Mahomes Rodgers again. No. Every time Mahomes Rodgers has come up, it's been injuries or it's been <clears throat> COVID, you know, like, shh. like it's been some weird shit going on. So yeah, that's, I'll take Patriots here. A matchup of two of the funniest teams in the NFL, uh, an absolute, and it is a straight-up pick em. There is no lean here from Las Vegas. The Los Angeles Chargers go on the road to take on the Minnesota Vikings in a battle of 0-2 teams. I guess you should say before the before the matchup that one of these teams is going to get their first win of the year. Guys, this could be a tie. This could be a tie. Yeah. If I've seen a tie so far through three weeks, I think it's this one. Um, just two teams that are hilariously in their way at all times. The Chargers last week come up short against the Titans. They came up short against the Dolphins. They have lost both their games by a total of six points, back-to-back weeks where they lose by three. Um, the Minnesota Vikings have looked – just like the Vikings that, that they've always been. Um, they looked okay, I guess I would say, on Thursday night against the Eagles, um, a team that has started slow. But Johnny said it perfectly in the group text. This was just such a Minnesota loss, a chance to win the game, and they just cannot figure out a way to do it. They cannot. And on the flip side, the Chargers, like their defense is not good. The Vikings defense is not good. 
And these teams can both put up points, but it just comes down to the fact that they just don't make the plays when it matters most. And both head coaches are, are at the forefront of this argument. You know, you, everybody's wild about Kevin O'Connell and this mastermind on offense, but is he a good head coach? They get in situations where they don't freaking – they just can't capitalize. And then we know how Brandon Staley is and what a jackass he can be. The over-under is 54-and-a-half. That's a ton, but I think the over is in play there big time. I I don't know who to pick in this game. I'm going to – I guess I'm going to sit back and listen to you guys and, and wait for my pick as, you know – might be kind of a foolish move, but I'm the host. I can do what I want, and so I'm gonna let I'm gonna turn it over to you guys. But I have no lean here, Johnny. Well, what we do know for certain is that both of these teams are begging to lose, and um, my, my lean is on Minnesota here um, at home. Both teams zero and two, must win situation. Um, as we mentioned, the zero and three stat is is. Um, it does not bode well for, for the team that goes 0-3 getting into the playoffs. I saw a couple of good stats here, if I can find them. This is a good one. So since 2005, winless teams have gone 82-63-4 and against the spread in week three, right? So there's a bunch of winless teams this week, and it goes um, it goes a step further here. If I can find it here. Hold on one second. Since 2005, when two winless teams play – the underdog um, in in the Owen in the winless team matchups. The underdog has gone 70, 37, and four. So that's a sixty five percent win rate against the spread. And and the Vikings. Um, it, what what line did you have, Chandler? It on on we're on the I go off for the show. I go off the Barstool Sportsbook. It is Pickham. So the one that I'm looking at here too. This is just Action Network. Um, I have two books pulled up here. They have it at plus one. So if you can get the Vikings at the dog, I guess that spiel is the data says that the Vikings as, a, as the dog is, is the play. And so uh, in a pick em, I will still take the Vikings at home. Um, but Brandon Staley is not only a jackass, he is showing himself to be a true asshole as he's been going after people asking him questions and media availability. Um, Quinton Johnston is is a guy they spent a first round pick on. He is wide receiver four and struggling to see the field. Uh, the offense is for some reason, uh, you know, they bring Kellen Moore in. The offense for some reason is still not targeting Mike Williams enough, and um, it's it's not good in Los Angeles. Kirk Cousins, le- Kirk Cousins leads the league in touchdowns, passing touchdowns, only one interception. Leads the league in completion percentage. Um, has thrown 44 balls a game. And uh, second in the league in passing yards behind Tua, who had a 200-yard game thanks to Tyreek Hill. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been unbelievable this year with the worst 32nd-ranked running rushing attack in the NFL. So what do you do if you're the Vikings? Well, obviously, you try to go fix this rushing attack if you can. Dalton Risner, they wouldn't sign him an offensive lineman then they traded for cam Akers. you try to get ty chandler going you try to get madison going that just nothing worked uh, we all watched that philadelphia game and i mean the fact that that minnesota is staying in these games turning the ball over four times a game over the last two weeks if they don't turn the ball over they're gonna beat the chargers i mean they've just been shooting themselves in the foot they should they arguably should have won both of those games um i'm not gonna say by a touchdown but 
they were the better team, I think, in both beside the turnovers. So you give the Los Angeles Chargers, who have the worst passing defense in the NFL yardage-wise by a mile, Kirk Cousins in that attack, I think if Minnesota can, A, not turn the ball over and run the ball with a pulse, then they're going to win the football game. The Chargers are just weird, man. Staley's on his hot seat. Bad. He took over this defense, and this defense was his all offseason. I'm done with the offense. I'm going to claim the defense. And this defense is horrible, guys. You can't do that and lose two your first two games and be that bad. So this is a huge game for Staley. I think um, if he loses this, he's, he's, he's borderline out. The Indianapolis Colts return. Chandler, can I say one thing real quick before we go? Yeah. It's such a good point on Staley. You know, he, a couple of years ago, he was the guy that was, that all the blog boy nerds loved, right, because he was going for it on fourth and seven from his own 37, and he was throwing it 17 times in a row, all this stuff. Then that started costing them games. Then in the situations where he should be pressing the issue and going for it, he got gun shy and, and stopped doing that. And now it's just like a flip a coin. What are we going to do? Um, and, and, or he's erring on the side of, of caution even more than last year. He, he's like going to the blackjack table and playing with somebody who like isn't consistent. They just like, oh, I've got 16 this time. I'm going to hit it. I've got 16 this time. I'm not going to hit it like against yeah. the same card. Like he, he, he is getting in his own way. He's obviously irritated and lacking confidence. And to continuously lose with Justin Herbert and these weapons and this level of talent, especially on the defensive side of the football is very concerning. One last small point too about Staley and this defense. I mean, Ryan Tannehill threw three picks against New Orleans week one. Last week against the Chargers, he went for 250 with the passer raging of 123. That's insanity. How do you let Tannehill tear you up? Now, you could say like, oh, I, I get it if you play two great passing attacks. But Miami lit him up, and then Tennessee lit him up through the air. Tennessee. What, it's, it's bad. The Indianapolis Colts go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Baltimore, one of the, you know, I would I'd say one of the best teams in the AFC through two weeks. Um, and it's based all, I, I, you know, maybe the word of, of my night is identity. And this Baltimore team knows their identity really, really well, even with first-year offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Um, you know, the Colts uh, announced today that Gardner Minshew is going to be the starter. Richardson banged up. I believe he's in the protocol for concussions. Um, Baltimore minus eight here at home. I think it's just too much Baltimore here. I think they're going to line up and run the ball, and they're going to throw it around the yard with Lamar. Lamar looks good through two weeks, in my opinion. Um, he finally has some good weapons around him. Um And I think that they just know that they're going to line up and they're going to hand the ball to Justice Hill. And they're going to let Lamar do his thing. They're going to get Andrews involved. And the Colts, they just they just don't have it, man. They just don't have it. They, they seem to be pretty frisky. I would give them frisky, but they just are not going to win this game. And I think Baltimore can win this game by 10 or more, in my opinion. I think that Baltimore does a great job of shortening games. Um, with their rushing attack, and then as soon as you come up, they hit you over the top. Um, I love that they're 
They they seem to have been they bought into what Munkin wants to do. Andrews got in the end zone last week, his return, um, and a huge win against Cincinnati back at home at the crab cake, as Chris Berman used to call it. Nice. Ravens win by eight here, Blaine. Yeah, shout One out more. Jimmy's shout out Jimmy's seafood, the best crab cake I've ever had in my life. Um this I, I agree. I think this is where Baltimore, I think more so their passing attack, we start to figure out what it's really about. We didn't see a bunch of t- a lot out of Todd Monk in week one, saw a little bit more week two, and then week three, I think you're going to see more here out of Lamar in this offense. And he's given up 300-plus yards through the air twice. Stroud went for 384 last week with no picks. Stroud. And he got sacked six times, still went for 384. And Baltimore allowed zero sacks last week against Cincinnati, which is a decent defensive front. I, I just think Baltimore has something to show here. I think they can showcase that they're a player in the AFC. And that just goes back to, you know, th- through one or two weeks, Indy played Jacksonville close, just beat Houston. Let's let's just not get too excited about them. They're still one of the worst football teams in America, and I think Baltimore is one of the better, and it's going to show here. Not a whole lot to add, but a reminder of that weather in the Northeast that'll be in Baltimore just to Ah, check in on that with the spread. That would have made, if Richardson was playing, that would have made uh, me really like Indy with the points. He's not. um, If this game would have been at Lucas Oil, I would have loved the points in this. It obviously would have been a different line, but I would have loved weird things happening at Lucas Oil. Um, and a lot of names here on the injury report to look at <clears throat> for Indianapolis, Ryan Kelly, Kenny Moore, Quentin Nelson, Richardson, of course, and my favorite name from the offseason, Grover Stewart. If you guys remember that, if you're a listener, Grover's on the uh, – I don't know who the hell that is, but he's on the injury report. And then for the Ravens, a lengthy list, which seems to be a trend in Baltimore. They do sign a lot of aging veterans, though, like OBJ, DNP again he didn't play last week and with the contract they gave him that's well that's what we thought was going to happen uh Jadavian Clowney DNP uh Justice Hill DNP Marlon Humphrey Tyler Linderbaum Adafa Owe Ronnie Stanley Marcus Williams all these guys didn't practice and now it's only Wednesday but just monitor that as you go along if you're somebody who is inclined to bet Indianapolis the injury reports in somewhat in your favor right now but I don't think I'd think that hard about this one. I think Baltimore rolls. Huh. Odell, an aging wide receiver, hurt on the practice report. I wonder who told Chiefs fans to not sign him and who wouldn't be able to play in games. Hmm. It's almost like he has a podcast or something. The New Orleans Saints travel north to take on the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. The Packers let one slip away last week, as we alluded to, in Atlanta. They would be 2-0 had they not had that happen. And the New Orleans Saints, um, as much as it pisses me off, Blaine has convinced me that the Saints are real. The 2-0 New Orleans Saints, John Seabag, fun fact, will be in attendance at this game, working the game on the sidelines, so keep an eye out for him if you're watching this game on TV. I just am not – I don't love this Saints offense right now, guys. I feel like they're doing a lot of good things, but they're not scoring a lot of points, and that's concerning to me. I feel like they have no issues moving the ball down the field. Um, But Derek Carr, prone to turnovers, as we know, has shown that through two weeks. He's under duress a lot. I wonder where this offensive line is for the New Orleans Saints. I really do. And without Kamara, 
They they seem to have issues in the backfield. Jamal Williams, I believe, is out. I believe Kendra Miller is one of their only uh, healthy running backs, and he's going to be starting, I believe, in his first game this week because he missed the first two, I believe, even, um, going back to this past Monday when they beat the Carolina Panthers in a, in a sloppy game. That game was sloppy. They cannot go to Green Bay and play like that against a defense that I think is really good, and I think that – their numbers might be a little deflated after last week because their offense put them in bad scenarios, in my opinion, um, that allowed Atlanta to get back in this game. I think this is a good spot for the Packers to potentially win this game. They're minus two at home. Um, But on the flip side of all that, I do like the Saints defense. The Saints defense is athletic, and while it might be a little older, they seem to just be savvy veterans who know how to play the game of football. I think that they can make Jordan Love's life pretty pretty uh, shitty in this one. But I think that the Packers at home, Aaron Jones is, uh, is trending to be back. They get on the ground and they run a little bit, get Jordan Love comfortable. Potentially Christian Watson as well back to add a little burst on the outside with Romeo Dobbs. And remind me of that guy who's been playing pretty well, Jaron. Is it Jaron? Jaden. Jaden Reed. Yep. He's I like him so far through two weeks. He's been, he shows a couple bursts. So Musgrave's pretty good too. Yeah. 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 The tight end. I, I, I like Green Bay here. I really do. I think Saints get their first loss of the year. Um, and the Packers defend Lambeau. Is it Blaine? I'll go. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, I have questions about the Saints' defense just because they've seen Ryan, Ryan Tannehill and Bryce Young. Like, what, obviously, their defense have been pretty good because, well, they haven't seen very good offenses, and that's what a huge test here with Jordan Love. Jordan Love didn't look great last week. I think he only went for like 150 through the air. So they, they struggled after doing well week one. But it's just, I mean, both sides of the football, you have a lot to learn. How good is Green Bay's offense? How good is Jordan Love? And how good are... The Saints up front and in the secondary. I, 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 I don't know. I think there's more to be seen with Carr. He has like over 500 yards passing, but only one touchdown and two picks. If he just oh. puts it together in the red zone or, you know, puts it together just a little bit more, they'll be a lot better. They have awesome weapons with Olave. Um, who is it? Sharif? Kari Sharif? Whatever that guy's name no. is that's been popping off. Um, and then, yeah, I, it's a it's a fun game. Back and forth. The line's two for the right reason. Two in Green Bay is basically a pick them. I'll go Saints here. I think they're the better overall team, but, um, yeah, I have a hard time picking it. Hmm. A, a weird game for me would be a stay away with real money. Um, I think Christian Watson's going to make his debut in this one, so that'll be something to watch. Jordan Love with his full complement of weapons, albeit – not very sharp weapons. Um, and he's not, you know, the greatest quarterback out there. Um, yeah, you guys really said all of it. Derek Carr is so weird. Oh, we need to just like get these weirdos out of here. These what the frick guys need to get out of the league. I just can't, it like physically pains me to see people like Derek Carr around swaggy ballers. Like I just cannot, I I respect that Derek Carr is a good man and a good person. 
when he's on the field, I want him to like get his clavicle shattered into a million pieces. <laughs> I want to see helmets in his chest. I want to see him on the ground. And I think that might just be part of me being a dickhead, but I don't like Derek Carr, the football player, and I want the Packers defense to destroy him. Yeah, I saw a lot of Taysom Hill last week, like way too much. He is so athletic. He is, but it's way too much. Like he should not be on the field. That I know he's got a lot of a lot of packages to run, but Derek Carr's got to be better. And I saw too much Jameis like in the locker room. He was waiting in the locker. Did you guys see all those videos? Like they were highlighting Jameis so much during the telecast and on social media. Like, I don't need to see my backup being a better leader than you, Derek Carr. <laughs> you know, like your job's in jeopardy if you don't play well here. Dude, nobody wants to see Derek Carr. Yeah. John Seabag does not want to video Derek Carr. Right. He does not. D- Derek Carr is not cool. He is fucking weird. Last year, there was a game, a hilarious video of the guys after a Saints win turning up in the locker room. Jameis had gotten hurt. He was on crutches. They were listening to Nardo Wick, and he was dancing in the locker room. What is Derek Carr doing when they're playing Nardo Wick in the locker room? Like, it, he's over there like, oh, no, hopefully my parents don't hear that I'm listening to Nardo Wick. Like, it's just, he's a weird fucking person, and he doesn't belong on the football field. The final game of the noon slate, the Houston Texans travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, coming off a big loss last week to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Favored by nine here, uh, welcoming in the AFC South opponents. I think this is a great a great spot for Jacksonville to to right their ship here. Um, And frankly, as a Chiefs fan, I kind of hope they do um, because we need, I I would like to see Jacksonville continue to do well, just based on how, how good that speaks of the Chiefs defense. And I think that they need to really focus this week on getting Calvin Ridley involved. I didn't think that they went to him enough in the game against the Chiefs last week. Um, you know, he had a he had potential to catch two touchdowns and Trevor was just off all week last week. What was his stat? He's the first quarterback ever to have more than seven attempts in the red zone and not have a touchdown or something like that. Or a completion, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or a completion. That's just crazy to me. And there's no way that Houston is going to be able to stop that. Um yeah. Houston on the flip side, I you know, the Jaguars defense is good, but it it wasn't that good. The Chiefs gifted them a lot of situations last week that made them potentially look better than they are. Um, and if they can continue to do that by going after the football, which I will give them credit on that. They were punching at the ball. And that's another thing that the Chiefs need to look out for because you put balls on the ground on tape. Teams are going to start hitting at the football consistently. And I think Jacksonville did a great job of that um, last week, but they're just too much for the Texans here. I think this is a, this, this this is a potential slaughter. It really is. Nine points. Vegas knows something here. Um, I think Jacksonville can win by 10 or more easily. Johnny? Is this stinky tag worthy? Could be. I mean, Divisional. This, game belong, this game belongs on a Thursday or a Saturday. This yeah. is a weird game. I just don't think Jacksonville is is bad enough and has a has a class in the AFC that prevents them from being stinky tagged. 
Interesting. I'm also reading here that the Jaguars are, you know, their big favorites. They've never covered as a home favorite in the Trevor Lawrence era. Very wow. interesting stat there. Now, this is saying that's just 0-4, so small sample size. But, man, I, I, I have – now that I'm thinking about this one, I have no idea what to do. I think Shroud ended up having a pretty good line, uh, stat line last week. But yeah. the Texans are, are pretty bad guys, aren't they? Blaine, I think this is one I want to bet them, though. I think nine. And, I think I like nine and a half. That's a lot of points or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, the uh, it started at ten. It's went to nine and a half. So there's a little bit of money going in on Houston. But as Josh Allen went out of that game for Jacksonville, and if he is injured, then I don't, I, I like can that pass rush get to him? But get to Stroud. Stroud was sacked six times. I know Indianapolis's front has been really, really good. But if Stroud can sit there and throw it, he has the ability to do it. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, some of these weapons have been really good for them. Um, as I stated. In the, in the preseason episode, Stroud looks good. But Jacksonville, this is a complete – they left so much out there last week that they're not going to leave anything out there this week. I think it's a great stat that you say they've never covered at home. It's a divisional game. They probably shouldn't cover here, but there's just something that I can't – I haven't highlighted which team I'm going to pick. This is the only game I haven't highlighted it because it's so much points. But I'm kind of at a loss of words the same to you, Johnny. I, I, I'll go I'm Jacksonville. Go I'm, yep, yep. Yep. Good enough. Houston looked bad last week, guys. They, at home, yeah. season debut at home for Stroud. Colts got all over them last week. Yeah. Small afternoon slates, uh, thanks in large part to a massive noon slate. The Carolina Panthers travel west, Blaine, to take on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, I think this is a great spot for the Seattle Seahawks to go to two and one guys. We're going to look back on our figure it out pod predictions. And I think that, well, I know for a fact, I picked the Carolina Panthers to win the NFC South. I think that Johnny might've as well. I can't remember who it was, but regardless, it's not going to happen. Yeah. The Panthers are bad and yeah. too much stock into a rookie quarterback. And we thought that maybe their defense could carry them in some games and they're injury injury prone right now. And it's just not, it's not a good recipe. And Seattle finally able to move the ball last week against the Detroit lions who have a better defense in my opinion than Carolina right now, uh, coming back home after laying an egg at home against the Rams in week one, I think the Seahawks team could slaughter the Panthers. As a matter of fact, it could be such a bad slaughter that this could be the stinky tag, in my opinion. Minus five and a half at home. I think that's a hammer time if you're a better out there. Um, you know, they fought, the Seahawks got Kenneth Walker involved last week. Uh, DK had some rib injury, but I think signs are pointing towards him being back. And, and Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett continuing to catch touchdowns for this franchise. I think they're too much for Carolina here. It's 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 Seahawks all day for me, Blaine. Yeah, now I want the Seahawks offense to show even a little bit more. Like Smith and Jigba, I think I saw a stat that he hasn't caught a ball past six yards on the line of scrimmage. Like, get that guy going, especially with DK Metcalf on the injury report. Johnny put in the chat um, before the episode, which was news to me. Seattle has, what, nine players on this report johnny i think that that you sent i was trying to count through this tweet but seattle opened at four so money has gone on um to to put this up to six on seattle they they agree even with those injuries so i 
Yeah, I, I think Seattle has a chance to blow it open. Carolina just doesn't have the weapons, man. Adam Thielen's the best receiver in Carolina, and Minnesota said see you later because he's 32. <laughs> it's just a bad situation for Bryce, and Seattle's my pick to win the West, which looks a little iffy, but they better better dominate if they're going to do so. Yeah, I'm the Bryce Young guy on the podcast, um, so if – you think I'm just trying to hold on to it. The listeners think I'm holding on to a take here. I'm I'm not. I, I've watched like a lot of the Panthers. I don't I, I don't think Bryce has looked like bad. I just no. think I think I overlooked that the Panthers are bad. Um, although there was a hilarious video of Bryce Young lining up behind the right guard to take the snap, which uh <laughs> He's reading the defense. He's reading the yeah. defense, sweating paying attention. But if you watch, if you're watch, I, I watched this whole game on my flight back from uh, Seattle, and you know what I do like about Bryce is just he just like the moment's not too big for him. Like I think they just they just stink. Like their offensive line's not very good. Like you mentioned, their weapons are really bad, and uh, there's just too many slow white guys out there. You know, us white guys just we got to get a little faster and. Uh, they're not they're not getting faster on on that team and if you combine like Hayden Hurst Seth, you know and Adam Thielen and all these weapons guys like if you really look at them Chark like this is these aren't these aren't needle movers and so Bryce Young's going to have to do too much and uh, but I, what I did like was end of the game backdoor cover with the two point conversion um from from the Panthers and Bryce Young to cover the three to lead to my good week last week. So uh, having said all of that absolute nonsense and just treading water while I subconsciously think about my pick there, um, I'm going to take the Seahawks. The Dallas Cowboys go on the road to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Won't have to spend much time about this one. This Cowboys defense is legit. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, Blaine has been our biggest Cowboys stand so far on the show through uh, the offseason and three weeks now, and rightfully so. Um, this Cowboys team has been clicking on all cylinders. Um, I know that they played against the Zach Wilson Jets, but still there were some moments in that game where the Jets could have made it frisky and the Cowboys just would not allow it. Um, Micah Parsons is ridiculous. I think that he is one of, if not the best football players in the league. I know that's crazy to say with Patrick Mahomes, but seriously, he's in the conversation, regardless of how you want to look at it. Micah Parsons is an absolute dog, Um, and he is going to terrorize Josh Dobbs and this Arizona Cardinals offense all day long. I think that 11 and a half is a lot of points on the road because I think that the Cowboys eventually will not just – they're just gonna have like they're just gonna have a game where they just win by ten. Um, but I still don't. I don't think it's this week. I think they're gonna murder the Cardinals and and Dak has looked good through through two weeks. Honestly, in terms especially um, this past off season where there was a ton of of stuff on Twitter about him throwing uh, interceptions and all this nonsense, and he did get away with one to sauce. Um, the one target that Sauce got on Sunday it was almost a pick six, which is hilarious. But what are the Cardinals going to do, guys? They're not going to do anything, Blaine. The Cowboys are going to roll here. Yeah, it's Josh Dobbs versus Cowboys defense. What are you going to do? I mean, it, it's simple as that. I mean, he looked 
better last week against a Giants defense early, and then it kind of fumbled across, and he didn't really do a whole lot against Washington. I think he had 150 yards passing. Of, I'm not sure exactly. It may have been less, but if if the Cowboys can get after him, it's going to be a blowout. Cowboys are really – yes, I did pick them to be the best team in the NFC. I, I do stand by that. I think they are. But, man, they played – Zach Wilson last week, and they get Dobbs here. Like, that just hand it to him. Obviously, that defense is going to look really, really good. No test here. Maybe we'll talk about the Cowboys a little bit more scrutinized next week. Um, but, yeah, I don't have much to say about this. Cowboys should roll. Cowboys for me, too. Although, I do need to give Josh Dobbs some kudos. He had a rushing touchdown last week and he lowered his shoulder right into Xavier McKinney's chest. Yep, wants it. He wants it. And he's not going to get it. Mike Parson, Micah Parsons uh, literally could kill him this week. Um, but I, I did like that from Josh Dobbs. And while Arizona has shown some feistiness the first couple of weeks – the Arizona ship is sailing directly for hell, and it's not going to get any better this week. Give me the Cowboys. Sunday night football. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Sin City to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half. That's interesting to me because you know this stadium is going to have a lot of terrible towels in it um, and could make things very difficult for the Raiders. And with that, Man, this game is tough for me on paper. What are you going to get from Kenny Pickett? What are you going to get from Kenny Pickett? And I've, I'm going to continue to try to defend him, but man, he looked bad on Monday Night Football. He really did. Um, he's lucky that his defense could keep them in this game, and that Deshaun equally sucked just as bad. Um, the Steelers, man, I don't know what's wrong with Najee. I don't know why they can't get him going. He doesn't look explosive right now. George Piggins is a freak, but without Deontay Johnson, I don't think he has the same, you know, I don't think he has the same threat to him that he does when his counterpart is out there. They can't find Fryermuth for whatever reason. I don't know why they can't get quicker, easier throws to their big, really good tight end, but they just can't do it. Um, but on the flip side of that, organization this defense is really damn good and i think this defense as long as Devonte adams doesn't go off can flat get after garoppolo and make this very difficult for the raiders um at home like i said i think this can this is going to be you know 50 50 split perhaps with steelers fans there in vegas um to make things a little bit more difficult for the garoppolo led raiders and I like Steelers plus two and a half, guys. I really do. I really like the Steelers plus two and a half here. Um, let's get to two and one, Pittsburgh. I am the only one on this podcast that believes in you, Kenny Pickett. So you've got to start doing some stuff to make me seem a little bit more right. Uh, you got on this. You got on the victory side of things. Monday Night Football with a nice win against a divisional opponent. Carry that in. Get some momentum going to Sunday Night Football and pick up a nice road victory in Vegas, Johnny. The guy that everybody, all Steelers fans, which what do they call him? Yinzers? Yeah, Yinzers. Sound like a bunch of real geniuses out in Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, anyways, the, the, the guy that everyone hates out there is offensive coordinator Matt Canada. 
They hate that. They, they're placing the blame on him for Kenny's. I mean, Kenny's taking a step back and he threw for seven touchdowns and nine picks last year in like double digit games. So like he wasn't good last year. Um, I have a good stat here that I pulled only one of 23 of the drives starting in their own territory have reached the red zone for Pittsburgh. That's 4%. That is that, – that, I didn't even say that they scored. That's just reaching the 20-yard line. So that that's something that obviously needs to get fixed. Um, George Pickens had a nice long touchdown, but they're still missing the consistency. Pickens had a really nice game, but they're, they're missing with Deontay Johnson out like a guy to rack up a, a, a bunch of catches. I don't think Najee is an explosive player. So, like, they're just not going to get that from him, in my opinion. He's a guy that needs a lot of volume to get there. I think that the offense is just kind of a mess in Pittsburgh. And now the defense is just absolutely ridiculous. I I have not seen the status of Minka Fitzpatrick, but there was concern that he had a collapsed lung. It wasn't a collapsed lung, which just goes to show you, like, this – the the physicality in the NFL is something that the average fan just doesn't think about, right? Like collapsed lung, torn peck, Chubb's injury. Like these are just it, two weeks into the year, this shit's happening. It is such a violent game. And um, the Steelers are a violent brand of football that um, are going to Las Vegas. And I, I don't think the Raiders are a, a particularly violent football team I, I love the Steelers plus two and a half here I don't love the Steelers but I think the Raiders stink I think there's going to be a ton of terrible towels uh in Vegas for this game people have been planning this trip for for a really long time um and I think that TJ Watt getting after a statue-like quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo is a recipe for the Steelers to have a lot of success I think this could be a low scoring game yeah, it's it's a weird game because, dude, Pittsburgh fans are still not happy. I don't care if they won last week; they're not happy. They don't believe in Kenny. They don't believe in their offense in Matt Canada. Good, good, good. Paul on Canada, I text my Steelers friend. I'm like, I don't like him. I was like, well, because he's Canadian. He's not American. Get him off the American football field. Go put a go put a field goal post in the middle of the end zone. You know, like get get out of here. You don't belong. But Raiders opened as underdogs. One point underdogs, and I guess a ton of money's been going on the Raiders recently because now they're two and a half favorites. So it's got to sway. The one stat that made me change my mind about this game, and before I say it, I want to say that Najee Harris just looks slow, guys. Jalen Warren is going to be the back here at some point. I think all the Steelers fans realize that. And as soon as they do it, I think the better they're going to be. But the one stat I have here, three and outs this season by teams. Pittsburgh leads the league in three and outs with 14. Vegas is tied for the least amount of three and outs with three next to Baltimore, just because they've been able to be decently efficient with Garoppolo. Really? I mean, Devontae Adams, Adams, I should have just said Adams, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, their offense hasn't been horrible guys. They're going to be able to do good enough um, here against this Pittsburgh defense. That looks pretty good, but I just, I'm not putting money on Pittsburgh until I can see that Kenny Pickett and them, who I mean, whoever it is it, it, with Najee or Jalen or whoever without Deontay can do something. I just – I don't believe it. The only the only play that gave me hope was a slant to Pickens for 70 yards, and that was all they did on offense – offensively, excuse me. 
um, this week. So I, I'll, I'm going Raiders, guys. It's very interesting to hear, and I, I, you're, I love the points, Blaine. But just uh, since I've been talking ball with you over the last few, like, couple of years here, I mean, the Steelers are a team that you like, like you like their brand of football. But, but I'm with you. Like their offense is a mess. Horrible. It's it's really bad, and it, you know when we were talking about some preseason stuff, it goes back to what we were talking about, how like preseason doesn't mean shit. Can he look good in the preseason? Congratulations. Like the Royals are always great in spring training. It, it, it does not matter. Um, and so, yeah, I initially I was like, Oh, Sunday night football, this game, uh, it's kind of mid now, if we've, after we've talked about it, I, I think it's, it's a pretty, Interesting one. And and the Raiders need to get Josh Jacobs going too. They've been that oh. fish on offense and Jacobs hasn't really done much. Um, first game, first game, he was 19 carries for 48 yards, yards, no touchdowns last week, nine carries for negative two. So and they're like, still able to convert. Made, it's weird. They're still converting to and uh, hashtag Adams went <laughs> out with, with a concussion last week too. So, and, and, and Renfro has been non-existent. I guess, just- I guess I haven't watched enough. How are they doing this? Yeah, and Jacoby Myers had his eyes in the back of his head. I, I too think yeah. it's because they they have three three and outs just because they haven't seen a ton of you know full drives. Right? Uh, they're just not as good to, to make long drives. So take that stat for what it's worth. But yeah, I I just think they're maybe a little bit better than Pittsburgh. It might surprise people. Well, in week one, Denver gave them the ball to start the season at like the Denver 35 yard line or whatever, 40 yard line with that fake onside kick. And they promptly went down uh, and shoved it into the end zone. And they scored on the first possession against the bills too. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Back-to-back weeks with two Monday night football games. Awesome job by the NFL here. That's kind of a tease though for later on in the year when it's going to go back to just one, but enjoy it while we can. First up, the Philadelphia Eagles travel south to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, a battle of two 2-0 teams. Nobody saw this coming from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but guys, they look frisky. And this defense for Tampa Bay, I think, is the storyline outside of the obvious Baker Mayfield comeback story, perhaps. But I think that when we even said, I think on the NFC South pod, that got, keep your eyes on this kind of this Tampa Bay defense because even though they lost Tom Brady, this defense has still been frisky, and it continues to be that way, and we've seen it through two weeks so far. On the flip side, Baker Mayfield looks really good, has great weapons, and Rashad White is running the ball really well behind this offensive line. I think that's helped Baker out a ton. Um, and this Philadelphia Eagles team has slept walked into the first two weeks of the season here. Yes, they beat the Patriots, could have lost that game. Yes, they beat the Vikings, could have easily lost that game. And so it's a, I think it's a difficult spot for this Tampa Bay team. Philly likes to be able to show up to a ball field and be like, you might beat us, but you're not going to out-physical us. I don't know that's the issue, or excuse me, I don't know if that's the case here when they travel south and take on Tampa. I think Tampa, up front on the defensive line side of things and their linebackers, can match the physicality of this Eagles team. And if I'm Tampa Bay, and Blaine, I want to start with you here because I love your mindset on this. I am making Jalen Hurts beat me with his arm. It has yeah. not looked good in two, through two weeks here, and it didn't look necessarily that great outside of a few throws in the Super Bowl. 
I think the Tampa Bay's game plan here is to control the ball and and beat them up and take their game and shove it back in their face. And it's going to be a physical football game at 615 on Monday night. It's more so figuring out the Eagles more. It's figuring out the Bucks here. I mean, I'm not trying to say, oh, I was so right about the Eagles. But their secondary is old, and I said it wasn't going to be very good this year, and they gave up the most, the second most passing yards in the NFL. I know that defensive front is good, but they're bad on the back end, and they're going to be for the rest of the year. Mike Evans has been going nuclear, and Godwin, and you get some guys like Tampa's been all right because they run the ball 30 times each game and kept Baker clean because they've been able to have a balanced attack. Now, can they run the ball against Philly? That's going to be a question. Will Baker get a lot of pressure on his face, and will they be able to get after him? Well, that's a question, too. But I just I think I'm really just going to continue to fade Philly for the rest of the year until they show me otherwise. This could be the game where they show me otherwise, but I'm just I'm not in a point to take Philly yet. And I'm going to continue with my my take on them and I'm going to go Tampa to cover. Wow, I love that. I really do. Johnny. Chan, can you say the line again? I've got it at Tampa plus five. Yeah. So initial lean for me is that. I want to hammer Philly in this spot. Um, I mean, the Bucks are going to lose. And right. I think that – so who have the Bucks played so far? They played – They beat the Minnesota, Minnesota and Chicago. And they, yeah. Two teams that don't get after the quarterback. Right. Baker has shown a tendency in his whole life that that is the thing that makes him stink out loud. Yep. Although he's – He's been good the first couple of games. And, yeah, you're, you guys are right. That that Mike Evans connection has been really good. He he looked good in Kansas City Red. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Philly's my lean here. They're just the better football team. They're going to get after Baker Mayfield and get him into some mistakes. Although five, Vegas did a good job with that number, with five and a half. I, so I, that's, I, just a, that's a weird one. I really want to take Philly here, but I just for my sake of my Philly mm. non-backingness, I'm going Tampa. If you if you're feeling what I'm feeling, I, I I get what you're saying. They could sack Baker like five times. You're right, Johnny. Blaine does not like quarterbacks that played at Alabama and shades of green. He doesn't no. like Miami. Doesn't like Philly. Doesn't no. like Tua. Doesn't like Jalen. And right. and entitled to that opinion. Love it. The Rams. We'll travel to Cincinnati in a rematch of Super Bowl 56. Interesting start to the season for both of these teams. The Rams come out of the gate and smack the Seahawks in the mouth to win their first game, but then they go on the – no, they hosted the Niners this past week, and they were frisky in this game. Um, Kakoa Pakua, or whatever the hell his name is, is the first receiver in history – to have 10-plus catches and 100-plus yards in his first two games as a rookie, which is awesome. I think Stafford has has been rejuvenated somehow, even though there were some weird reports about him not being able to connect with his teammates. They seem to all be on the same page, and they're doing this without Cooper Cup, which is impressive. Um, what's that? Oh, Kyron Williams. He's had a hell of a start to this season. This Rams team, McVay might be going – big brain on everybody here and just keeping this team frisky, I would say. I'd say the Rams are a really, really frisky team. And this Bengals team has started out, couldn't be worse, really. Uh, They obviously rushed Burrow back, and it shows. Um, They're not getting the ball to their receivers, and I don't care. We've said this about the Chiefs. 
I don't care who you're uh, – well, actually, this is the flip side of the Chiefs. If you can't get the ball to the receivers, I don't care how good your receivers are. They're not going to be able to make an impact in this game, and it is showing so far through two weeks. The Bengals are putting their defense in bad situations, and I think right now, on paper, as I look at this game, Rams plus two and a half, that seems really crazy close to me um, in a good way if you're a Rams fan that the Rams are going to be able to score on this team because right now, as we sit here on Wednesday night recording this episode, the Bengals are not they, – they can't score. They can't move the ball. Burrow has looked horrible, and the Rams are going to be able to get after this offensive line. Guys, last week I texted this, and I don't know if anybody saw this, but Orlando Brown was not playing left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. Does anybody have anything on that for me? Johnny, do you? I can do some uh, investigative journalism while you guys filibuster here for a bit, but uh, I have not read anything saying anything good about Orlando so far this season. So you might be onto something. I'm but, pissed, dude. I go ahead, go ahead. Just, just my final thoughts. Um, you know, I think when you look at it, unfortunately, I'm going to take a step back here, and this could be a spot where Cincinnati might be able to turn something on here. Um, I just think that I just think that it's got to happen at some point, you would think, and what a better time than being at home on Monday Night Football to do it. But that's asking a lot right now when you look at this Bengals team through two weeks. They've looked like if you if you said the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals are the top three teams in the AFC, they've easily looked the worst. And that includes a Buffalo team that hasn't looked that good either and a Chiefs team that hasn't looked that good either offensively. And so this is going to be an awesome game. You, I think these two Monday night games are going to be awesome, Blaine. Yeah, Steve Fezzik is two-time winner in Vegas for like the NFL betting championship, like the Super Bowl. And he took the Bengals under nine wins as of two days ago. Hammered it. That is just... Burl look... Burl... Cannot move, guys. He might not play this game. He's 0 for 11 on throws, 15 or more yards down the field. 0 for 11, 15 yards. Like you, man, you could throw that with our left hand. And he can't. He, he he can't get any velocity behind his ball. He can't move. Their offense is limited because of it. I'm just really worried about what Cincinnati is going to be able to do in this game. I I don't have any confidence in them. Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua, who is who you tried to say, Chandler, good good <laughs> attempt. But those two guys are quick. That um, Stafford is slinging the pill, man. Stafford is ten times better than Joe Burrow is right now, and I have no confidence in anything Cincinnati's doing. They could very easily go zero and three. They could very easily miss out on the playoffs. And I know you don't want to hammer the, the alarm too early on a football team, but if you don't have your best player in Joe Burrow being able to do anything, let alone get your other players in Jamar Chase, who I have in my dynasty league, who I might sit for 2-2 at well this week, is just nuts. Like it, it's it's absolutely crazy. I'm going, I'm going LA just because I don't why would I take Cincinnati? It's yeah. And uh before Johnny goes here, I think an interesting note. Over under 43 and a half. That doesn't seem that high to me. Maybe no. you know, it's it's yeah, I just that's a weird number. Okay, get it out of the way early. Uh the Bengals are not gonna go 0-3. I think they're gonna win this game. And even if that means they rush Joe Burrow out there, 
there's Zach Taylor is going to get pressured, I think, into putting him out there. He was on Rich Eisen and was kind of dancing around the situation. Uh, this tweet says that Zach Taylor said quarterback Joe Burrow is, quote, sore, and it's hard for him to say if he'll play next Monday night against the Rams. I think Burrow's going to play because the other option is Jake Browning. That's it. Will Greer is like not they're not going to start Will Greer. And so what what else are they going to do? They're going to start Joe Burrow. Um and I think Joe Burrow has had two really bad games. I think that the Bengals are a better football team and I think they're going to uh win and cover here. Although I do like what I've seen from the Rams. And by the way, those names are ridiculous. You're like Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. What are we saying here? Are those those only are those are names? They look pretty good. I, no, no, I'm just saying that. No, I know. I don't. I'm, what language yeah. is that? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but uh, no, they they do look really good. Stafford looks healthy. Um, Sean McVay with an all time cover at the end of that game. Um, but I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bengals here, and if I'm wrong, oh, sad, you know, cry, cry. The Bengals are zero and three. Fuck them. Yeah. Um. But I I just like if the Chiefs were zero and two in this situation, I would take the Chiefs. I like where your head's at there. One more thing too: the Bengals defense has kind of been underwhelming. They a sack and a half a game. That front is supposed to be really good. Now they're secondary with. Um, Jesse Bates and Von Bell both leaving. They both looked really good elsewhere. I think both of them already have a pick. I think they combined for three or four picks in the first two weeks. They're missing that. I mean, they've given they've given up 382 yards a game defensively, along with Burrow sucking. So maybe Stafford is going to sling the pill. But no, I like where your head's at with that, Johnny. They should get right, but who knows? Well, that's the week one slate. Next segment, we'll talk about the Chiefs-Bears game. Uh, Special guest Noah Gilbert will join us in that segment. Awesome segment with him. Uh, New Bears fan joins the pod. We've had a few Bears fans on here. Uh, Joe Ratt, Jordan Turner, and now Noah gives us his thoughts on the game leading up to this Sunday afternoon. Um, Stick around for that. Okay, everybody, let's wrap up the show with the most important game of the Week 3 slate. The Kansas City Chiefs, the 1-1 one one Kansas City Chiefs, will host the Chicago Bears, the 0-2 Chicago Bears, at 325 Central Time at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. That's the title, I believe. It gets a little confusing. I know it by Arrowhead. It is Arrowhead um, for a real Chiefs fan. But we actually have a special guest this evening, a Chicago Bears fan, making his Figure It Out podcast debut, a good friend of mine, the director of creative media down here at Southeast Missouri. His name is Noah Gilbert. He joins us. Big Bears fan. Noah, welcome to the show. Why don't you start off by just letting the listeners know a little bit about yourself, how you became a Bears fan, um, and our apologies already before we get started here. Hi, thanks, uh, Chandler, for having me on. Of course, you know, I listen to your podcast about every time I drive up to Evansville, Indiana, uh, just gets me, it gets me through my drive, honestly. So, but yeah, so a little backstory of me, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, and no, I'm not a Colts fan. Um, I still remember the Super Bowl we played uh, Peyton Manning in, 
And um, my parents were a very big Bears fan, had me wearing a Devin Hester jersey to be exact. And then right when I saw Devin Hester take one to the crib, the first play of the Super Bowl off of Adam Vinatieri, from then I just, I was like, I'm going to rock with the Bears for the rest of my life. And I don't know if that's kind of a, if I'm regretful for it, but at the same time, like I'm still going to rock with my Bears. But yeah, so um, yeah, I've been a Bears fan since, oof when I was four years old and now I'm 23 years old. And from here it's been up and downs, but for the most part, it's been, it's been a journey for sure. Well, let's start here. Let's start with going back a little bit to last season and to this point where we're at now. Um, yeah. The bears, I would say last season, despite losing 12 in a row to close the year, I think that their season went um, according to plan really in terms of what they were trying to do with their franchise and their, and their movement. A lot of buzz this offseason about what he or what the Bears thought they were going to be able to do. Hasn't started off well. Why don't you just give us your thoughts um, Start going back to last season and into now? Uh, where were you, you know, at the end of the last season, after the draft, et cetera? So, to be exact, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Justin Fields fan. I've always wanted a quarterback. I, I mean – when I played football, I, I incorporated my game after Michael Vick. I literally was like, I am a Michael Vick guy. I want to be a scrambler. I want to do this. And, and again, I look at Justin Fields as like, we've always had these pocket passers. We had Trubisky, which Trubisky was a rusher, but they turned him into a pocket passer, which I think, well, ugh, we can go on and on about that. But, um, but Justin Fields, man, I've been obsessed with him ever since the QB documentary on Netflix when him and Trevor, Lawrence were on a show together and I, I think Spencer Rattler maybe or yeah. it was someone else one of those uh Jake Fromm as well Jake Fromm and um I was a big fan of just Justin Fields period and when I honestly wasn't watching the draft at that time I was actually at a baseball uh uh conditioning workout and my buddy was like hey you just drafted Justin Fields we traded up and I lost my stuff man I literally was in shock I was like okay this is the turnaround point and Honestly, man, the way he played last year, it was really good. It, I felt like the Bears are on the uprising. I felt like that we had a strong, strong future. And then we we um, hire uh, Ryan Poles, if I'm exact, right? Yep. Making sure I'm – yeah, Ryan Poles. And he just kind of seemed like he was taking taking it by the hand and, and we're moving forward. And we, we signed a bunch of people. We got a good draft pick. And then this season coming around now – I just feel like we're not, we're not, we're not having that. This is my main thing. We're, we don't have that dog in us this year. And if you watch our past seasons and et cetera, Mr. Trubisky was a great leader. He was good. We just didn't have the, the key assets, but Trubisky did it well. And Jay Cutler, for example, Jay Cutler had that dog in him. He would, he would cuss out the offensive coordinator when he called the wrong pass, like he, or the wrong play. And I just feel like ever since that boink boink, we just haven't been the same team. I really don't think so. We went, we went eight and eight, eight and eight, and then six and what, six and 11. And then we went three and et cetera. Like it's just not, it's just not clicking for us. And I don't, I don't know what's going on, but at the same time, I think Justin Bills is the answer, but not for the Chicago bears. I just think that he's going to die in the Chicago bears organization to be completely honest with you. So let's let's go into the game, I guess. Um, two games in for the Bears this year. They have not looked great. 
Um, you know, a lot of Bears fans had that Packers game circled on their calendars back in January when the schedule or February or March, whatever it was, when the schedule was released. This is the time we get the Packers. They lay a gigantic egg. Um, uh, Justin Fields did not look good in that game. We actually watched that game together. Um, and it just wasn't good. And then last week, you know, they're in it. They're in that game, and they just make really bad mistakes and kind of spearheaded by Justin Fields and some of the play calling. Um, Bears plus 12 and a half on the road. Now, I will say this, a bright spot for the Bears. I think that that's a crazy high number given the way the Chiefs have played offensively so far. But I think when I look at it as a Chiefs fan, this is a great get-right spot. And I think that part of your issue is that your defense is just not good. That secondary is is no. really uh-huh. poor through two games. What do you think it, it, What do you think it has to be on Sunday for this game to be closer than, than people are thinking? Well, Chandler, I will see it in person, actually. You found out today. I will be going to Arrowhead, witnessing Arrowhead, and watching Justin Fields absolutely either dominate the Chiefs or we're going to get blown out. There's no in-between. I don't think we're going to make it a close game. I I think it's either going – or I don't think we're going to make it a close game as in losing. I think we're going to either get blown out or we're going to, we're going to win the game. And I think what our problem is, which we were actually at headshots today, and you saw what Justin Phil said. I think it's coaching decisions. That's not a good sign. If you see that, that's not a good sign. Knowing that Justin Phil has no trust in the offensive coordinator – and it's just it's just to the point where we're not targeting our our assets. We're not we're not targeting DJ Moore enough. And and I think that's our biggest pickup from this year. I mean, when we signed DJ Moore, it was it was something that we looked forward to and stuff. And what the first week he had two targets and two receptions. And it's to the point where I think that we have to play Bears ball. And if you watch how Bears play ball, they run the ball, they run it hard, use Khalil run him until he can't get yards and if they're stopping it then switch it up i think we need to run a jalen hurts offense honestly like run the ball or pass the ball but no screen passes man we cannot call a third and 12 screen pass anymore i just think that's something that we have to get rid of and our offensive line has to block i think justin fields is going to be i think justin fields it's going to make it be a make or break week for him i think he's either going to play to his potential or he's going to drown and Drowning is not good, especially in an only three start. Does not the confidence you have to win three straight to even feel good about yourself. So I don't know what exactly we're gonna have to do. I'll be watching that game, and honestly, again, I can't bet because I'm work for the NCAA. But if I was working, I'll be betting on that over, not the over. My fault. Covering the spread, covering yeah. the spread. Well, that's that's a great time to bring in Johnny and Blaine here because I think that this Chiefs defense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they they react to a rushing quarterback. And we talked about it on the uh, Monday recap show, a little preview into this week and uh, what we think about this Bears game uh, coming up. It's going to be the first true rushing quarterback we faced all year, and that can cause some issues for a defense. Um, but I think that through two weeks, this defense is overperformed in a great way, and I think that they're still getting better. And I think that this D-line has shown its ability to flat get after a passer regardless of who's out there, even in week one when it didn't seem like we were getting great pass rush. I think if you go back and watch the film, there's some guys in Goff's face, and then it really translated with the return of 95 and what we did against Trevor Lawrence last week. Um, Johnny, let's start with you. Maybe just open up your thoughts on the game from the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think that this defense is poised to make Justin Fields' life hell. 
<clears throat> yeah, based off of what I've heard from Fields, and, you know, today was a bit of a disaster in Chicago, right? The defensive <laughs> coordinator, Alan Williams, uh, resigned, which is not, you know, there were some rumors going around, some weird ones on Twitter. Then Ian Rappaport and Schefter kind of walked some of that stuff back. But at the end of the day, to have your de defensive coordinator resign two games into the season is never a good thing. Um, and on top of that, you know, uh, Noah alluded to the Fields comments <clears throat> and those, you know, were, were were greeted by a second media availability where he where he walked those back. So like it was a noisy day to start the practice week. Um, and when you're traveling to the to the defending champions uh, Arrowhead Stadium, like that's just not a good way to start it. So uh, from the defensive point of view, uh, I think the Chiefs are poised to kind of continue what they've done the first couple of weeks, and that's aided by the Bears' offensive line not being very good in pass protection to start with, being down two starters now. Their starting left guard went on IR, and then their starting left tackle, Braxton uh, Jones, went on IR today. Could be season-ending there. And so the Chiefs have had a lot of success getting after the passers, especially last week. I think that they're going to be trying to do that. Now, where the Bears, I think, can have some success is that um, – you know, Fields talked about getting back to his roots, right? I think he he, he could have some success uh, running, um, but he has to have success throwing the ball too. And what's been a big problem is that's just not happened. You know, Justin Fields is 5-22 and 22 as a starter in this league. That's that's just not good enough, and the Bears aren't doing him any favors. Um, and, and, Noah, I think you would agree with me on that, right? Like, Mahomes, yeah. you know, it's – it's not fair to compare a lot of guys to Mahomes, but Mahomes has won 79.3% of his starts. Justin Fields has won 18% well, of his starts, 18.5. Like the Bears have got to help this guy out a little bit more, but he needs to help himself out too. And I, I agree with that. I think it's to the point where if I'm stepping away from just watching regular football, watching NFL as a regular fan – and I'm watching the Bears play Tampa Bay last week, right? We had an awesome chance to come back, win the game, and have that that momentum going into Arrowhead and saying, hey, the Bears are here to stay. Like, we're going to we're gonna compete. We're going to fight these games. But ever since, like, again, ever since we got rid of Trubisky and we didn't know what our quarterback was, went to Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, all these people, I just feel like we haven't been the same team. And it's just like – when the Bears have a chance to win the game or go down the field, we just don't have that that dog. We don't have that want for us. And then we don't make we don't convert those second and fifteens. But if you watch Patrick Mahomes, he's in the pocket. He has plenty of time. He's able to study again. He knows what the coverage is. I just don't think Justin is uh, mature enough to be in that point. And again, Patrick Mahomes, you can't compare Patrick Mahomes to a lot of people because he is a once in a lifetime person. But for the most part, I really do agree with you that. Justin Fields has to help himself out. You just can't run into sacks. You like play your game. If if it's not working, go go run for 200 yards a game. Who cares? If you can get the job done like you did almost what? 6 wins like like we had 3 wins but we could have won almost 7 wins. Like it's just it's just to the point where Justin Fields has to play his game and I think I don't know if this is a coaching decisions where they're say, "Hey, step back, be cautious, like do this and that," but it's just not working for us and I don't know what's going to change us, what's going to ignite us, but uh, hopefully a win at Arrowhead will turn around the season. Yeah. I like what Justin Fields said outside of the coaching problems. Like, I got to quit thinking being too analytical is basically what he said. Like, I just got to be swagger Justin Fields. That's he's not a he's not a sit in the pocket, break down, go through his reach type of guy. That's just not Justin Fields. And as long as he's doing that, well, that kind of worries me is if he lets loose 
The Bears throw the kitchen sink at the Chiefs because they need this game really bad. You can't go 0-3. They're oh. going to they're gonna do whatever they can coming into Arrowhead. And it's, you know, on the flip side, I don't know what, how much they will be able to do because they haven't been able to get their guys going, as you said, to open. I mean, DJ Moore is a, a freak. I mean, Claypool has been absent. Mooney, where is it? I mean, the guys are there. It's why the buzz was so high. But are we going to see it this week or are we not? I don't I don't know. But yeah, I, it's I just going to. Again, we're not using our assets. We're not. We're not targeting. And if you watch the game from Green Bay, we shot down every every drive we we went to was a split screen, or we just hit a little three yard like slant route. This and that. Like we didn't go. We didn't have those things where Bears might succeed and just chuck the field down. Hopefully, get a pi, or hopefully we can just <laughs> let, let something. Them, yeah, something. But we just we're we're it's the it's it's it's. It's the point it's ignorant that we're not calling these plays because something's not working. And it's very frustrating as a Bears fan for such a long time seeing success in our program. We're finally up. We got Khalil Mack. We're finally up on the upbringing and Khalil Mack leaves. We lose the field goal, like lose the field goal. And we're just back down. Like it's nothing. We're not consistently like climbing up the ladder. We're just consistently dropping two steps, climbing up one step. And then, oh, guess what? In the season, we're down two steps again. Yeah, you spent a lot of money on your defense too, but you got to help Justin Fields out. As you're saying, Bears yeah. missed 18 tackles last week. 18, yeah. 26 through two weeks. That leads the NFL, and with that, only one sack. And I know the Packers and the Bucks have both have been able to establish the run. Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield, two bad quarterbacks, or were bad, mm-hmm. have looked pretty good because they've been able to get the play action going and have two-dimensional football. Because the Bears' defense, like that's what I've been looking at most more. More than Justin Fields, he might be fine Sunday, but the Bears' defense is what's alarming. Just looking at some of these stats and how they've, you know, what have you seen from them? The new linebackers and Edmonds and um, uh, Edwards. What do you? We spend a lot of money on our on our linebackers, and I, I and if you realize like the way the the way that the Bears work is again, me and Chandler talked about this at actually Mexican like maybe like an hour ago. We've always had a good middle middle linebacker area like we've always had that that area and it's to the point where they can't do it all like they can uh, again you watch film everyone watch film if you have a quarterback up there again Patrick Mahomes and I hate to like deride him but he is he could come go down as one of the uh, he the goat like he could go down as the goat and it's just to the point where you sit back and you're like he will tear that defense alive if you know the secondary is not there Eddie Jackson for example we signed him. We have him for another two years. Like, Eddie Jackson is playing horrible. Eddie Jackson is blowing coverages. He is not playing well. And the fact that we let Jordan Love come in and we let Jordan Love, we could have turned the momentum saying Green Bay is not our daddies anymore. Green Bay, we, we are Green Bay's daddies now. But the fact that Jordan Love came in and, and just literally shoved it down our throats is something that just can't happen anymore. And it's just like, I think that was the momentum that we just don't have the momentum. I think if we win a game, again, if we go in and win Arrowhead, I think we could end out even or maybe even make a wild card. Like, I really do. I really believe that. And it's just kind of to the point where this game is make or break for us. And I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'll be interested in Washington person, especially I've never been to Arrowhead. And I'll be very interested to see from a away perspective how Justin Fields is going to react to how loud the crowd is and how how – does our how do we target DJ Darnell and shoot Claypool? Claypool turned it up at the end of the game, but again, he was absent. 
But we need Claypool to play the most he possibly can. Good. And we signed him for a reason. We didn't sign him just to sit around and look pretty. We signed him to catch balls and get those those extra yardages after he catches it. So, Well, that's a great way to transition you and Blaine there, a good little riff, uh, into the Chiefs' offense. This is easily the worst defense that the Chiefs have played through two – or well, I guess now through three weeks um, – ahead of us this week um this is a great spot for this chiefs offense to get it going i think that this chiefs offense um can throw the ball around the yard against this this secondary um i have not been very impressed by the back end as you guys alluded to i do however i do ever want to say that i do think javon brisker is a really good uh you know hybrid safety guy that can fly around make plays but man the corners are suspect and you alluded to eddie jackson he's not the best right now either and this is a great week, and I hate to keep bringing it up. Actually, no, you know what? I don't hate to bring it up. It needs to be brought up every single podcast until it happens. The Chiefs have got to line up and run the damn football. And I think that this is a great opportunity for this interior O-line and our tackles to absolutely road grade the Chicago Bears offense, or excuse me, defense. Um, line up and continue to utilize just pulling guards, pulling tight ends, Get motion, get your linemen out in space and running full speed downhill at these guys in the second level and make life hell for them. I think that the Chiefs have got to come out and quit playing so cute and nervous in the beginning of games and just let the offense settle in around the running game. It's so crucial. If you can just get easy yards, chunk plays, four yards, three yards, five yards, nine yards on the ground, it's going to open everything up. And we alluded to this again on Monday, and I think I was the one that brought it up. I love watching Patrick Mahomes run play action. But if you're not going to run the football, play action doesn't do dick for you. Okay? This is the NFL. These guys, I know the Bears defense might not be that good. They're still NFL football players, as we say on this podcast, every single week. It's just, it's got to be better. Play calling has got to be better for the Chiefs. It's it's just inexcusable so far through this through this first two weeks of there's just opportunities out there to get easy yards. And I want more of the quick game too. I want Kadarius on a screen. I want Sky Moore on a screen. Get the ball out quick and just let the offense take a deep breath and let it out and just play football. You're in front of the home crowd. And I think it's going to be an awesome opportunity. Johnny, let's go with you on the offense. What are you looking for this week? Yeah, as you guys mentioned, as a, a, a way to right the ship, a get-right spot. Uh, the Chicago Bears have allowed 25-plus points uh, in 12 straight games. The NFL record is 13, um, which goes back to why this makes no sense. It's kind of like Brandon Staley on the Chargers. Like, that's a defensive mind. Eberflus is a defensive mind. Why is the defense so bad? It doesn't make it. It just doesn't make sense to me. And you look at the stat sheet last week. Tremaine Edmonds, right? That we talked earlier, brought him in. Fifteen tackles last week. T.J. Edwards, twelve tackles last week. Their linebackers accounted for twenty-seven tackles. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, and 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 you think they Brisker is a good player on defense. Johnson's a good player on defense. Eddie Jackson was DNP today, but if he goes, you know, it, it, he's been disappointing, but he's been renowned as a pretty good player in his career. Why is the Bears' defense so bad? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so uh, that's frustrating. I think, as you said, Chandler, they need to run the ball. I'm wearing a shirt that says establish the run. I think that's going to be some good advice for the Chiefs early on in the game. And like I mentioned on the, on the last podcast, um, they need to have better 
runs on first down. They need to not do the thing where they hand the ball to Clyde or they hand the ball to Pacheco on a, a, a slow developing run on first down. And then second down results in something between second and eight and second and 12. Like then you become predictable and you have to pass the ball. Um, and, and that leads to even a, a player as Patrick Mahomes having so, some trouble uh, getting first downs on those, on those long uh, second and third downs. So I'm looking for the Chiefs to do that kind of a thing. Uh, I have some other stats here that I wanted to say too. Um, I do think that there is a bit of an edge in, in, in Patrick Mahomes when he plays the Bears. We've heard some stuff over the years, right? Mahomes did the thing where he counted his fingers in Chicago when he played against the Bears. Um, counting, you know, kind of, kind of, oh, nice. That's sick. I didn't know that. Yep. Indicating like, you know, be, picking players over him. Um, Mahomes' dad went on a Chicago-based podcast, Danny Parkins, who's a good radio friend of uh, Nick Wright and the 610 guys here, um, and Carrington Harrison. And uh, he, he mentioned that Mahomes' dad mentioned that, you know, Mahomes thought he was going to go to Chicago. The whole family thought he was going to go to Chicago, and it stunned them when they chose Trubisky. It actually, like, hurt Patrick because he thought he was going to go to the Chicago Bears, which is probably really hard for Bears fans to hear. No, I'm sorry about that. But um, I'll get we, that. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll be done. <laughs> We uh we 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 we've seen Mahomes have a bit of an edge when he plays against the Bears, so I expect to see that on Sunday. One more thing too, I, I don't know if this is reading into it too much. Is this a Matt Nagy re- revenge game? Mm. Uh, Matt Nagy going up nice. against the Chicago nice. Bears, so uh, might be a little bit of a revenge game factor there. Mahomes is three and one in his career versus the NFC North. Obviously, that one coming a couple weeks ago against the Detroit Lions. Justin Fields is two and eleven on the road, and this is his first trip to Arrowhead. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff at play here. I'm having a tough time. I, offensively, I think I know what we have to do. And you just said it, Charlie. Run the ball, establish play action, score a bunch of fucking points. Like, that's what I want the Chiefs to do. What I do think is interesting, though, is that Mahomes, uh, when he's been favored by 10 or more points, let me rephrase that. Mahomes, when he's been favored by more than 10 points, is 6-12 and 12 against the spread in his career. Now, no matter what turmoil is going on in Chicago, no matter what crazy shit went on today, as we've mentioned, one and two is so much better than zero oh and three, and this is going to be a desperation effort by the Bears. And twelve and a half, thirteen points is just a ton of points, guys. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm a little weary of, yeah, of that, of that spread. I think the Bears could cover it, but also. Part of me thinks that the Chiefs might blow them out. I, I, I don't know, guys. I'm having a tough read. And know it, too. Like, I got buddies at my office that are from Illinois and Bears fans are from the area, and they're going. Like, I think this is one of the bigger games, I guess, as far as opposing fan bases that are going to – like, I remember when Dallas played last year. My father-in-law is a big Cowboys fan, and we went. But Chicago and just how close it is in the proximity, I think there are going to be a lot of Bears fans. So it'll be fun for you to go. And be yeah. around quite a few. And I think there'll be a fun presence. And that, I think that plays to maybe it might be a little bit closer, just if that if that matters. But it's fun to and, think about. And I agree with, like, the way you guys are speaking about your guys' Chiefs and everything. Like, I agree with everything you're saying. Like, you guys established around the play action. It gets become so predictable. Like, hey, you have to pass. At the end of the day, I have two things and I'll be done. 
at the end of the day, they are grown ass men who need to put gear on and line up next to next to each other. And they and they will they will again, they're paying they're paying for their kids, their wives, everything. They're gonna they're gonna battle their asses off until they win or lose. And that's what Bears have not again, it's scary for the Chiefs because the Bears have nothing else to lose. If they go 0-3, guess what? We we hopefully win games. And if we're not winning games, then fuck it. We tank. We tank. We go. But Chiefs, though, Chiefs are just the returning champs. And and we're trying to see if they can break history and going back to back. Like, like, or not not back. It, that's history, right? Am I correct? That's all in the quarterback. Doesn't happen back. very often. Yeah. So um, I think that's it's more of a pride thing at this point for Chiefs. And and you talked about how it's salty that Patrick Holmes was salty about the Bears. And I was talking about this with Chan. Like I'm, I'm going to bring this up. I I really and you can agree to disagree. If Patrick Mahomes was drafted to to the Bears, I still think Patrick Mahomes would have died in the organization. I think Patrick Mahomes wouldn't been able to play the game he wants to. the The thing about the Chiefs is they have this 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 want to fire. They have this this dog mentality that oh they have Travis Kelsey, they have Tyreek Hill. I mean Patrick Mahomes literally gets up. Throws the ball and says, hey, fuck it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. And just throws it down there, and Tyreek makes it a catch. That gives you in the clubhouse, that in the locker room, that like, hey, Patrick Mahomes wants to do this for us. This is good. But the Bears, I just don't – I don't know if it's – we have to rebrand. We have to become a polar bear instead of the Chicago Bears. Like, we have to do something to change this momentum for the Bears. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't think we'll ever know what it is until we win the Super Bowl. But for the most part, I think Patrick Mahomes – probably could have thrived in Chicago Bears for maybe two to three years and we trade them. But again, I think that just quarterbacks go to Chicago and die. I just really do think so. And I hate to say it, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, all these, I mean, Andy Dalton really did well with the Colts kind of, but I just think they just die after and it's just sad, but I'm also interested. You brought up the Matt Nagy thing. I'm interested to see how Matt Nagy calls plays. I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see. Matt Nagy talks his shit after the game if he wins. You know, I'm I'm interested to see the, in the environment. And again, I'm not going to worry about if the Bears win or lose. I'm going to enjoy an NFL football game because you rarely get to go to some. And I'm going to enjoy it. And hopefully I get to wear my Justin Fields jersey out with pride. That's a great way. My final point on the game is there is no easier way to let a dying, unmomentous team hang around in a game than shooting your own self in the foot and through two games the chiefs have been very 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 good at that special teams must be on point ball security must be on point and if you let a team that is inferior to you hang around it's gonna be a dogfight it will be a dogfight on sunday if we let this team hang around it is imperative the chiefs come out and step on their throats early and do not let up and I think the Chiefs are going to do it. Let's close the show with our score predictions. We did this uh, week one with our special guest from Detroit, which we won't talk about that. But we'll do it with Noah here. Noah, you get to kick us off. What is your score prediction Sunday? You're in the stadium. Yeah. What is it, brother? I uh, didn't look at the weather. Does it? Before I go, what is the weather? Does anyone know? Could be rainy, but it might might go away Saturday. So it's up in the air. All right. Hard to tell. I'm going to go. 27 24 bears win on a field goal and that's going to turn their season around because we lost again field goals are different for bears i'm gonna go 27 24 bears wow okay let's go to blaine blaine you're up yeah 34 20 
I think Bears get a late touchdown that kind of just stat pads, but I think Chiefs dominate. I'm going to go Chiefs 31, Bears 14. Dude, that was the exact score that I was going to say, Chan. Uh, I'll, sorry. I'll switch mine. I'll, I'll switch. <laughs> now I have to change mine. I think the Chiefs win a, win a barn burner shootout 3-2 to two over the Chicago Bears. It's going to be a, a low-scoring game, slugfest, three yards in a cloud of dust. No, I'm just kidding. I'll go. I'll change it up. You said thirty-one. I'll say thirty-one seventeen. I love it. I love it. Awesome show, guys. Noah, really appreciate your time um, you. on here. Enjoy Arrowhead. Hopefully, you don't get too much shit. I won't. I don't expect you to. I think that you're going to be surprised by Chiefs fans. Um, you know, I don't know what you've heard, but you're going to have a good time up there. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Three twenty-five kick is, I think, the best kick to go to if you're going to be in person. I think that's an awesome kick. Um, so enjoy it, brother. Thanks for coming on, and we'll have to have you back on soon, okay? All right, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And hey, go Bears. <laughs> go Chiefs. Thanks, go Chiefs.